Festi fam, the time is now. Festival goers unite. Welcome to the Festi Files podcast, where we highlight the creative and inspiring individuals around the world who collectively come together and bring to life the festival experience. So if you're watching this at home and you attend festivals, if you're live streaming festivals, if you are backstage at events, if you're on the stage as a dancer or the person providing the beats and the music, we each play an important role in the culture. My name is Desmond Beristain, CEO and founder of Festi, Festival Smart Band. And today, all the way from the UK, tuning in, we got him. Royalty, festival royalty up in here. <laughs> this guy yeah. has attended over, okay, so every year he attends over 30 music festivals. And we're, we're gonna get into that, just like how is that possible yeah. in a bit. Um, he's a blogger, as I mentioned, from the UK. Uh, you might know him as the Festival King. So the Festival King, Liam Dixon, welcome to the Festivals podcast. Hi guys, I have actually haven't got my crown with me at the minute, I couldn't find it. Um, but yeah, you'll find it in a field somewhere probably. The crown, the crown ain't safe. No, the crown is safe, you're good. Um, yeah. Dude, let's get right into it. How, how are you during these times? I mean, literally, yeah, it's good. raining worldwide since 2014. You've attest, attended over 30 festivals a year. And now, obviously, that's kind of on a pause. So how are you adjusting? Um, it's been difficult. I've been doing quite a lot of the virtual festivals. Uh, defected festivals, you know, every Friday have been great, switching up with Glitterbox. Um, but yeah, kind of just like chilling, focusing. I've had so many people messaging me being like, how are you coping without festivals? Um, UK festival season doesn't actually start until 25th of May. But because we've had such great weather here, everyone kind of feels like it should be festival season. So I've only really missed one weekend, um, but I've missed out on some of my international ones that I usually go to. Um, wasn't down for Coachella this year anyway. Uh, don't like that vibe anymore. It's just, just not me. Like I first went 2014, I was just like, this is sick. And then, yeah, just over the years, I've been like, mm, not for me anymore. But yeah, just, you know, staying inside, um, hoping that everything's going to get better, watching all the festivals cancel. You know, we've literally lost June's, July's, most of August have gone. I'm literally just holding on for September. Um, I've, got to, I've got to get at least one festival in, maybe two. I have to, and I'll fly anywhere in the world to do it. So There you go. Yeah, let's talk about that a bit. Um... So you're UK based and it's interesting because you just yeah. said, oh, festival season officially in the UK, you know, Europe scene doesn't start to really May 25th. So literally we're like, oh yeah, two days into it. Um, yeah, one down. Yeah, how, how do, yeah, exactly. How does that work? Um, because let's say, for example, I'm here in LA and it's totally different where it's kind of, even though it's, it's damn near, near year round, but you know, yeah. we start in March, it starts to, to, to percolate, and then April, obviously, then through May, and then now it's summertime going all over the place. So talk about the UK scene and how that festival um, schedule and overall is just like slightly, I don't know, is it elevated but a different yeah. level than the US? Um, it, it's very, very different. We have a huge, huge number of festivals for such a tiny country. Um, I mean, there's only 60 million of us, and you can drive from north to south quicker than it takes to get from 
like Northern California down to the bottom, like that whole like PCH stretch. <clears throat> the reason that we start later is mainly because of weather. Um, everybody like has probably heard of rainy blighty and all of that stuff. Um, but yeah, basically, so you know, it's our May bank holiday, uh, which is the official start of festival season. This weekend, there would have been a minimum of 15 major festivals happening across the UK. Uh, the biggest weekend is usually our August bank holiday, which is the last the last weekend of August. And then there's like 19, 20 major festivals, plus like lots of smaller ones popping up. But yeah, we start we start later, mainly because of weather. And even, even starting late, you can never, ever guarantee the weather. This weekend is traditionally um, always sunny um, and has been for the last three or four years. But, you know, we could be in the middle of August and it's torrential and you're wearing like rain boots. I nearly said wellies, but I had, had to change it. I changed it so everyone understands <laughs> what I'm saying. So, yeah, so we have to wear like rain boots even in like July, August at some festivals with like major flooding. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was at a festival that got cancelled because the rain was so bad on the 20, around the 20th of July, a festival called Why Not Festival, just in the bottom of a valley, and people were camping, um, like, on a hill, and just watching people trying to, like, scramble up to their tents. It's just wild here. Um, but the whole festival culture, compared to the US, I've done a fair few US festivals now, is very different. Well, I mean, yeah. What is the difference? Like, is it because I've heard, I've heard obviously like, like cream fields. I've heard about you know um, Glastonbury. Yes. Like, but what is it literally about those festivals that? Because any, anyone that speaks about them, they always I can see that expression in their face, and it's just like, damn, like this one right here. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's really, it's just so different. I mean. You know, the US do festivals in such a magnificent way with the most fantastic planning. Um, I know a lot of people don't like Coachella, but in terms of what a festival should look like, it's, you know, it's super clean, it's well thought out, it's well planned. Regardless of the acts or the people who go, it's everything about it is perfect. And that's not something that the UK really do it's all about the imperfections um <clears throat> yeah i mean just just things like cleanliness and food and like you know being a, there's no such thing as car camping in the uk like you can't camp next to your car um <clears throat> yeah it's it's muddy it's dirty you can drink anywhere there's loads of like young people just like really young people just doing things they absolutely shouldn't be doing um yeah, it's it's a great experience. The one thing that is really missing from the UK scene, especially in dance music, is the whole plur thing. Mm. Um, like, I've maybe seen one person with candies. Wow. One. At one dance festival. Um, I go to quite a few. It's just not a, not a movement that's made it to the UK. Um, EDC came to the UK. Did not work at all. Uh, mainly because obviously the light show is the most important thing about EDC, but they put it in a place where they had to close at 11 p.m. Now, where we are on the globe, it doesn't get dark until half past 10. What? So, yeah, I mean, it's still light outside now. Wow. Um, 
and it is gone 8 p.m. Wow. <clears throat> Whereas, like, you know, you're, in, you're at EDC Vegas, it's dark by 7, and you go all night. But they want you to experience the stages and have the EDC experience in the daylight. Now, Orlando do it, where it's, like, day and night, and that works. But there's just no nighttime atmosphere. So EDC and the plural movement, which may have come with it, just kind of disappeared, which is unfortunate. But, I mean... Yeah, hopefully it makes its way. Um, but yeah, just the unity and the togetherness of Americans, especially in dance music festivals, and that sense of community isn't something that we have in the same way in the UK. It's just a lot of people going out and getting wasted. <laughs> so it seems like there's probably like more so unwritten rules, right? You just Because you just mentioned like, oh, you're not camping near your car but it is going to be muddy. It's more of this, it's a different form of immersing yourself, right? In this atmosphere. Yeah. It's like they've created their own atmosphere where you might it's have people messing around or doing whatever, but uh, I feel like there's, there are some unwritten rules in the UK. And, and I mean, for it to do so well, right? For you to see, you said, said, yeah. you said 50 festivals in a weekend. Like to me, that's unheard of. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it is really different, and I think one of the one of the main things, the, the worst thing, the one thing I hate about camping in the festivals in the UK is camping. Um, I don't really do it anymore. Um, I'm royalty, like I've graduated out of that. You will find me being bougie in glamping, in a yurt or a teepee or a wigwam or whatever. You will not find me in like a two by two pop up. Like I, I'm done. I'm done. But you know, where people have, like, laid out their tents and you've got, like, those paint markers, like, they had it, um, I think it was, like, Okeechobee, mm-hmm. and they had the Coachella, where, like, there's a space for your tent. No, there's none of that. It's anything, anywhere. Trying to walk around, you're tripping over it. There's no, like, lanes, there's no roads. Like, you've just got to hope you find your tent. Just hope. That's that's the way. And then it rains and leaks and you've bought a cheap tent and, you know, and then there's somebody in it and somebody's stolen from it um, or someone falls on it because they've tripped over one of the ropes going home. Yeah, that's, that's the one thing that, like, US festivals massively have over the UK. It's like how organised with that military position. And when I first did it, I was just like, oh, this is weird. Um, but, I mean, from Coachella 2014, the people who I camped with either side i still see i've been to festivals around the world with them like i still hang out with them i still speak to them on the phone i've been checking on checking in with them in quarantine because obviously the situation in the u.s is very different from here um and i hope everybody's okay and i hope like everything just gets sorted and people are more sensible um otherwise you you guys won't be having festivals for a while yeah um it's interesting right now we're we're all trying to stay positive. I guess that's number one, you know, uh, but yeah, the, the thing is so many festivals have been slated for October. So, but you kind of give us a little hope when you mentioned, Oh, 50 festivals are happening. would happen this past weekend because there are like hundreds of festivals that are all slated for October. So I feel like the reality is, Hey, it might not happen. I mean, some of them are already yeah. closed up shop until 2021. Um, so we're all trying to cope with that in our own ways. Um, how have you been able to cope with that? Because like I said, 30 from going to 30 a year 
to now your your crib. So the other side of it is like, this is my entire job. This is my entire career. Um, So not just a professional festival goer. I actually do brand partnerships. So, you know, when you see like, you know, whatever the beer sponsor is, I just broker those deals in the off season and then they're all done. And then for the festival season, I get to go to the mall and see the fruits of my labor and have a great time. And there's very little work to do at the festival in comparison to what happens in my off season. So if you're wondering, how is this guy going to the yeah. D40 festivals around the world? That's yeah. how. What's your story? So, yeah, I'm, let's talk about, let's just get right into that then. I, I know, okay. I'm like, all right, let's get into the story. The story of the Festival King. Take us through your, when you were the Festival Prince and you ascended to the next level and you, and you got your crown. Uh, oh, I, rem- I remember when I was the Festival Prince. That was when I was doing 15 festivals a year. Um, yeah, but essentially I used to work in, in sports, um, sports partnerships. So I used to do like beer and football, soccer, sorry. Um, and used to organize stuff with the rugby and do like stadium takeovers and like broker the deal to be like the official beer of like English football, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, but loved festivals and kind of just, I was just like, right, I want to be in the festival space full time. Um, <clears throat> so I made a couple of different moves. Alcohol and festivals obviously go together hand in hand, but I actually switched for a bit and did things like health and beauty and food at festivals. So obviously everybody knows that we, it, is, it isn't a myth. We do love a cup of tea. So I did a V Festival, which, is part of, which used to be sponsored by Virgin. And there's two festivals on the same weekend, one in the north of England and one south, and they have the same acts on the Saturday and the same acts on the Sunday, and then they switch, so the acts just helicopter from one to the other. Oh, so I had those two sites, and that was a massive activation for me in the festival space, where we gave out 150,000 cups of tea, like hot tea with milk and sugar, at, the, at, a, at a music festival. This is, this is how we roll it in the UK. Um, and then I did some really cool stuff with Shaw Deodorant, which I think, yeah, you guys call it Rexona. Yeah. So I don't know if you remember this product called Motion Sense, where it was the more you move, the cooler you get, and it releases. So I came up with the concept of taking over a stage at Creamfields, and we put 3D sensors, and the more the crowd moved, we had CO2 cannons setting off. So every time like they went wild and danced loads, and there was loads of movement sense, it cooled the crowd down. Wow. So it was doing like really cool stuff like that. And then some guys were like, hey, do you want to come and do alcohol at festivals? And yeah, I mean, I've been doing that five, five years now. Wow. Um, like, I don't just do alcohol, but it's, you know, 90% of what I do because uh, I couldn't afford to buy drinks at every festival. <laughs> Not 40 of them anyway. They're expensive. Drinks are they are expensive. Yeah. I look at people, I'm like, I don't know how you do this. Like, you know, the people who do 10 festivals, I'm just like, do you know what? That's that's you can you can go to the you know Mexico from the UK for less than what a big festival weekend costs if you um add everything together. Just adding on to that, that's one thing about UK festivals that I maybe you could validate compared to maybe some of the um festivals on a state side is like they're probably a little more affordable right 
Um, there's well, there's a massive mixture. Mm. I mean, you've got a, a day festival for ten thousand people, which might be between thirty-five pounds and fifty pound a ticket. So forty-five dollars and seventy seventy dollars a ticket, mm-hmm. um, and you'll get some major major acts. And then you've got huge camping festivals like Glastonbury, which is on par with sort of Coachella pricing. But if you want to go VIP, <clears throat> you can't buy that. Um, you have to know someone, and then it's two thousand pounds, so two thousand five hundred dollars. Yeah, there's no VIP. I mean, I mean, Damn. there is there isn't really a VIP. It's like backstage hospitality, so it's kind of like you go straight straight to the back with like the celebs. Got it. It's like an artist. Um, yeah, I'm always looking for a sponsor for that area. So if anyone <laughs> anyone's listening, hit me up for uh, for next year. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've got a we've got a really broad range. I mean, sometimes you can have a three day camping festival for a hundred pounds ticket, um, so like hundred and thirty dollars. So yeah, it's quite a mix. And then in terms of pricing of drinks and things, I mean, it's through, like some festivals are three pound fifty. So if you just and then for the same drink in another festival, it'll be eight pound. Yeah, uh, now like more than twice. Depending on where they are, what the drink is. I mean, it's always vodka. Um, I'm always, I like, I literally, anytime I'm doing the deals, I'm just like, you're pricing it too high, you're pricing it too high. I don't think I've ever told anyone that it's too cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, except maybe one festival, because it was too cheap. It was just like, you've got to lose money. Um, but I think it was an oversight. But yeah, you can, you can do festivals, uh, you know, and it's really affordable. And nowhere's very far. We've got amazing train networks and all the festivals have a bus network that comes from the cities and you buy it through the festival and it's like all one package. Um, so you can get everything done quite easily. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. You just meant that's cool. Like the traveling, uh, just like everyone says backpacking through Europe. So can you use that same type of methodology to attend multiple festivals in Europe? Yeah. Uh, you can, I wouldn't. Um, yeah, I mean, because the Euro Rail Pass is great, but it it lasts three weeks. So, I mean, if you're going to come come to Europe, you know, and you want to do a festival a week, then I think that will probably work out. But you could come to the UK and do three festivals and save a whole load of money. Um, right. But you might not get as good weather as you do in Spain or Croatia, which is, Croatia is probably my favorite place in Europe for festivals. I think they're all Malta. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, there's a festival, uh, they've got a festival village where different festivals, so it's different markets around the world. So one week it'll be a Swedish festival and it'll have like a Swedish audience and they've got five or six super clubs like on the beach, all open air, with major DJs playing and infrastructure, and the whole festival, all of the stages are pre-built, and it's it's there all year. So every week there's a different festival happening. What? So you can potentially do that, and it's just like a completely different crowd, different people, different feel, um, depending on where the home festival is. So yeah, I did I did an amazing one called Hideout, and then you do the boat parties. Um, don't know if many people know about Croatia, but it's the other side of Italy. So it's just like Italy, but cheaper. 
Wow. And yeah, yeah, a lot cheaper and just as beautiful. Festival Village. So it literally, the theme, it's, it's popping. It's just every week it's a different kind of theme or genre or wave of music coming yeah. through. Yeah. And it's just permanently there. Yeah. This summer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in a place called Zerche, Z-R-C-E, on Pag Island, if you want to look it up. But Hideout Festival was the one that I did out there that I really enjoyed. But, you know, as we were leaving, there was a whole new group of people coming in from another country to have, like, a completely different festival in the same space. Wow. Really interesting. It's yeah, cool that's, that is cool. You get that little mixture, and, and just like you said, that you get to see the transition, so the whole new way of people and the little mingling. Um, how do you, you just mentioned, so, so pretty much you're, you're now working on, is it more of operations or how do you balance the two? You know, like if your festival loving self that wants to get out there and have a good time, especially if you're even, you're the one with the drinks too. How do you find yeah. that balance? You know, cause as you mentioned, how do you become a festival pro? Uh, the yeah. so, the um, so I'm so I'm lucky like I kind of make sure everything is done like I will arrive at the festival the day before the crowds and it also means I get to do sneak peek access on my Instagram um, I make sure everything's done I'll walk around you know every single bar and make sure that my logo for whatever brand is on everything and then once it's in as long as, you know, sometimes we'll run competitions. So as long as all the competition winners are happy, the clients are in and have their wristbands and the bars are selling the product and we don't run out, I'm free. <laughs> I'm free to, to do what I want within reason, but also with incredible access, which is one of the reasons, like, I used to be a big Snapchatter um, and I used to get on the global story every week for... Wow. Snapchat just being at different festivals, um, which is kind of how I grew, grew my platform. And then and it kind of just happened where, you know, I realized people want to see like what it's like on the other side, what's going on in the artist area and what's going on in the backstage area in the VIP area. And they want to see the view from the stage. Um, and I, I was kind of like, I really took it for granted. Um, I didn't go like set out to become the festival king. And it's not a name I gave myself. Um, just like a couple of like mates started saying, it's just like you literally every festival, like you literally are the festival king. I was just like, right, that's it. I'm taking it. Copyright. Literally bought the .com that day. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, it's just planning. Like all, like all of these festivals, you know, people arrive at a festival and don't, don't take into consideration that these bars aren't there all year. These staff don't work there every week. Mm -hmm. It's a brand new setup every single time, except for in Croatia, obviously. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's like a whole, you know, some festivals are, uh, Glastonbury, for example, that's around 300,000 people, including wow. staff, wow. in a pop-up. It takes four months to build, and it basically, I think it becomes like the 16th biggest town in the UK when it's on. So you've got like hospitals, police, police stations, infrastructure, they bring in the phone masts. Like nothing is there permanently, it's all brought in. Um, I think a lot of people don't realize that 
and they take for granted that like there's people who spend their entire year making sure that you have the best experience possible. Um, and yeah. I like to think I'm one of them. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm lucky that my job's done when the doors are open so I can have a great time with everybody else. And hopefully you take a couple of drinks tokens and, uh, and have a few drinks and, and a great time. You just mentioned, yeah, like, you, you mentioned so many good topics real quick. Like, first off, the way you got your name, you know, Festival King. And one thing you did just to kind of, you know, we want to enlighten everybody at home because people are at home right now trying to figure out what to do. Explore your creative side. Like he just said, it, his friends were like, hey, you're the Festival King. He's like, you know what? That's it. He, he was proactive jumped online, bought the .com, and there it is. Like, you didn't really, maybe when he did that, you didn't know, right, exactly what you were going to do, but you're like, I want that name, and then I'll Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was, you know, getting the traction on my Snapchat, and then I basically used to download all of my Snapchat stories and then upload them, and then kind of, and then I started editing them together. And then I don't even use my website anymore uh, because Instagram highlights... Yeah. means that I can story a whole festival, pop it up, and then people can skip over the bits that they don't want to see. But also when people come to me and say, you know, I get people in my messages being like, what do you think of this festival? Have you been? I'd be like, yeah, I have. Take a look at my highlights. And they can literally see my whole experience from me getting up and getting on a plane. Because for some of the festivals where I'm not working, like I don't often work the international ones. Like, I'll, it's like for me getting up, getting on the plane, having drinks at the airport with my mates. Um, I was at Lost and Found Festival, which I don't know if you know the DJ Annie Mack. She's huge here. Um, I arrived at that festival. <laughs> I arrived at that festival in a horse and carriage. Um, like, yeah, I'm like, I'm that guy. Yeah. I'm that guy. You have to um, be. Yeah, no, it was just a horse and carriage in the street. And I'm just like, can I give you 20? 20 euros to go in your horse and carriage to the entrance of the <laughs> festival to like get my wristbands and the guy was just like yeah jump in and like wave into the crowds you know doing that whole world wave my friends were like you're embarrassing me you can hear them on the video check out the highlights you can literally hear them being like stop it you're embarrassing me now um but yeah yeah i kind of switched and you know the highlights of you know and just the way instagram works means that you know i don't have to spend hours editing and people can watch it at their leisure and it's just like oh i don't want to see this act and they can just one click and flick through not have to watch everything that they did on youtube so yeah kind of just transitioned over like oh these are my snapchats where you know i think i was getting four hundred thousand views on some stories um going to like instagram going to youtube and then moving on to instagram and then just you know i've still got the website because i've got to keep that dot com just in yeah. case don't know what i'm going to do with it um, but I'm not giving that up. Uh, yeah, so it's just like, it, I saw the opportunity. It, did, it doesn't cost much to buy a website. I just bought like a Wix one, yeah. chucked it up, did a little blog, downloaded my Snapchat stories, uploaded them onto the website, and people liked it. There you go. Um, and, and, and it's that simple. But pretty easy. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Yeah. You know, sometimes people get discouraged or they don't want to go into it because they think it's a very extreme process. Um, even us, when we started Festi, I mean, we didn't know anything really about the technology and our radio frequencies and hardware, but we were like, all right, well, let's simplify it for ourselves. What do we want in a device? How do we go get, get it? 
what's the first step we take towards doing it and then it starts to add up so yeah. what are some tips um on a social media front that you would recommend because if you're pushing 400k views on a on a story um you know is, is it just hashtags is it just this or what what is it well, that, well weirdly it was just snapchat that did that like i wasn't actively promoting it but they put me on the the i went viral once mm-hmm. and once you got once you went viral once they used to used to be at the top of the list for good content mm-hmm. so just every week they like put me like in the festival thing i might be in like the first three so i was getting you know some weeks would be like twenty eight thousand views some weeks would be like sixty five thousand views some weeks would be 120 um but then i started putting my at on there knowing that people would see it so yeah it just kind of grew or grew organically like i wish i could say that there was a tip or a trick yeah um but that was that was luck to a certain extent but i was putting out constant content that was you know funny engaging interesting um and you know sometimes that you know people wouldn't see i got at one point i figured out i if i said things like welcome to this festival uh-huh. then i'm like right okay i can be the first first person on the story because they they want they want it to be a journey themselves right and then you know if the rain changes you know if you do it like it's kind of like a public announcement and you're you've got it in your mind that you're doing it for the public not just for your mates then you're more likely to be picked up and i think it's the same with tiktok now i mean you know i don't know about the us but like yeah. snapchat's kind of like shh. yeah it's... i mean i can't remember the last time i snapped like sometimes i like get a message to you and i'll have a look i quite like reading the news on there yep. um but yeah i feel like tiktok is the next thing which just like keep pushing out content content keep being funny keep hashtagging keep doing things that people that you think people want to see um in an engaging way yep yes. and and you just said also uh staying authentic you weren't yeah. trying to be someone else you're just like hey honestly this is what i do when i go to festivals and people resonate. i mean look at yeah i mean i'm not going to be a fitness blogger I'm not going to be like a fashion blogger. Um, but, you know, one of the benefits of this is that, you know, I do get sent clothes for festivals. So quite often you'll see me at a festival and I do look fire. Um, and it's because, you know, because people are like seeing it. And then one thing I love is like random people come up to me and be like, oh, I bought this because of you. Um, so cool. Which is weird. Like my, my friends struggle with it. A lot and it's just like it's like you're famous and i'm like i'm not i'm really not um i did get i did get recognized in starbucks once though so that was that was the highlight of, uh, highlight of my year exactly exactly um without the but crowd. yeah you know you know i'm always unapologetically me there's no one else i can be um and you know everybody you know the best advice is like always be you yeah you know Unless you can be like Beyonce or Calvin Harris or someone. Yeah. Yeah. Say, I'll let this dog out real quick. She's making noises. One quick there. there you go. All right. Uh, so, 
you just mentioned that staying authentic, uh, going viral, you know, pretending to be royalty with pretending courage. You know, we're all we're all royalty, right? Um, exactly. So how, for example, what do you think? And, and and okay, you also mentioned what goes into a festival. You just said Glastonbury, four months of preparation, and same thing for like Coachella. As soon as they're done, I mean, if tickets are going on in, uh, on sale in June when the festival is in, finishes in April, it's constant. So that's why the road to getting back to festivals, you know, on, on, on an outsider perspective, when we're like, man, I hope they just let it happen, it's beyond that. It's, there's so much preparation that goes yeah. involved, and now it's even like even more so because the liabilities and everything like that so yeah uh, we all gotta just we all love the festival scene i think right now we need to self-reflect and assess how we how we can become better so that and we can appreciate the scene more right because i'm sure if if we do this properly i mean it might take a while fingers crossed right september i know you said but yeah hey it could be there could be another spike because of this right And, and and there's been sp- uh, talked about all oh, the the bubble burst, the music festival bubble burst. I mean, if that's true, then there's going to be another one. Um, <clears throat> you know, and the the bubble does need to burst. It absolutely has to. It's how we get new festivals coming through, becoming major festivals. It's how old festivals that are dying out disappear, go away, and reinvent themselves. It's a cycle that's always been happening. This has been, you know. A catalyst, um, you know, and the and you know some of the weaker festivals won't survive, um, you know, and some there's some big festivals who are just buying up loads of small festivals, and we'll see them come back bigger, better, and stronger next year. I mean, they you know they have to have that cycle. Some of the biggest festivals in the UK, like you may have heard of, like Global Gathering, gone V Festival, that sold out every year, and they had like Co- like Coachella style headliners like jay-z and calvin harris and pink and rihanna all on the same lineup like big 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 global names are they gone gone what so well virgin said they don't want to be called v fest they don't want to don't want to give the sponsor anymore so they're like oh we'll change the name they change the name Dropped to fifteen thousand people, and it was terrible. Wow! So, and then it lasted one year and disappeared. Like a simple thing, like somebody saying you can't call it V Fest anymore. Mm-hmm. Gone. Because of the branding, that's that whole brand yeah. loyalty, and now people don't know what's this new. Just that question: Oh, what is yeah. this? And as it's EDC, EDC. If it's not called EDC, yeah, it's it's. It's not going to get the EDC numbers, right? Because that's no. decades that, that went into building that brand. So, wow. Yeah. That's the part that kind of yeah. that hurts, you know, especially with, like, all the small festivals that we do love, right? Like, I feel like yeah. everyone loves certain small festivals, but now it's just like, hey, we, we just aren't able to do it. Um, what do you see for the future? But then you said new festivals will come, will come out, right? So how, how the yeah. hell do you stay optimistic during this time? I mean, it's, it's called phoenixing. So they'll have a concept. I mean, the one thing that I really must tell everyone listening 
if you were being asked to roll your tickets over to next year instead of a refund, roll it. That's how fest. That's how a lot of festivals will survive if everybody asks for their money back. You know, you won't be going to that festival next year anyway. It's not their fault. Look forward to twenty twenty one. That's a super super important thing that I have to say because um, a lot of people are worried um, and you know they want the money back and then the festival has no operating cash. Um, I forgot what the question was. But, but no, that's huge. I almost had you make, uh, almost had you say that again. So, literally, if you're if you've already bought tickets for 2020 festival, and yeah. they, for the small festivals, but especially, yeah, roll and they give you that option of hey, you know, we're offering refunds, but at the same time, we can give you credit for the next year. You know, um, mm-hmm. I know and, and immediately, and it's unfortunate because, for example, like Lightning in a Bottle mm-hmm. Festival. You know, it's a big festival in the U.S. has a yeah. very huge following. People that really love the festival, and they had some slack. Where a month away, a month and a half away, but the festival actually would have taken place like this past weekend. Um, a month and a half away, everything starts going down, and they're like, "Okay, well, we had prepared so much, and it was this very controversial." Um, and they offered that. They said either we can give you credit for next year, but everyone was upset because you think in our head we're thinking, well everyone's freaking out we just want it now but if we look at the larger picture of course it's debatable but if you can right you're basically saying if you can afford to roll it over roll it over if you can't afford to roll it over okay but if you can that's going to help preserve um operating cash moving forward is that what you're saying yeah yeah i mean yeah absolutely and it's you know and i think you know obviously the, the u.s is going through a terrible time at the minute um, like it's, it, it is different in the UK. Like our government have stepped up. Um, so if your office or workplace is closed, you're getting eighty percent of your salary every month covered by the government. Um, so yeah, which has been great. But obviously, you know, there are still people who are losing their jobs and and whatnot. Um, you know that you know your your stimulus check was nice. Yeah, that's a VIP ticket to Coachella. Gone. That's not even a month. You know, it's not even a month's rent in most places. Um, so I do understand that there's a different circumstance in the US. But if you can, if you can roll it, do it. It'll be worth it. And the festivals, you you know, will be eternally grateful. Just like you know, plur. Like yeah, it'll come back to you in the universe. Honestly, I know it'll come back in in an amazing event next year. Because uh, they've got twice as long to plan. There's no ex- there's no excuse for a bad festival next year. Yeah. They've got double time. You're right. You're right. It, so. Either that or, or, you know, don't go for it. If you're going to go for it, go for it. And, and that's the whole thing where mentally, yeah. I mean, I, I would say in the U.S., mentally prepare yourself because if 200 festivals are saying October, I mean, we're, we're one message, one announcement away from that October being 2021. Anyway, it's still close. So just prepare for 2021 and be excited about that. And, um, yeah. you know, because that's um, what you can do. Yeah, I, th- I think the other thing, the other thing is about all the festivals happening at once. Like, if it's not a regular thing, because it's like the infrastructure. So all of the festivals use the same bars, the same stages, the same lights. They might look different and they might have, you know, different banners and whatnot, but it's all the same stuff. So is there enough equipment to service for service all of these festivals that that if there's a lot that that is 
you know, my question, especially for October. 2021, where they can all be spread out in their normal times. But yeah, it's just, is, is there enough equipment? Are there enough lights and stages and sound systems good enough to deliver the event that they need to deliver, especially after what's happened? Yep. And then we haven't even spoken about festival insurance because it's not covering certain things. So there's a lot, man, but we all have to stay positive. I'm not talking about insurance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, no but uh, <laughs> we all got to stay positive. I mean, it's no fun. We, we have been staying positive and obviously like just from a mental health perspective, some days are better than yeah. others. Um, yeah, else, right? Reaching out to artists, reaching out to friends, reaching out to any type of creator during this time, like go on social media. Like if you're having a good day, I, I've been trying to push that message. If you're having a good day, literally go online or message somebody because that energy yeah. is contagious and we need to keep that going because some days are, are more challenging than others. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, I, so one thing I like doing is that, you know, I like having a look back at like old memories. I like, you know, going on YouTube and watching, you know, sets that I've seen in the past and just like take me back there, have a couple of drinks in the house. Um, you know, like one guy last week messaged me and said, I've watched every single one of your highlights. And bear in mind, there's about 40 on there. And I was just like, I don't think you want to be doing that. That's like, that's like a rabbit hole of just going down being like, I wish I was in festivals. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just like seek out stuff that you, you, know, you can watch and look and, you know, just increase your mood. You know, if it, you know, a, a virtual festival is not the same as a real festival, mm-hmm. um, especially if you're in the house by yourself two bottles of wine deep and you're just <laughs> raving, you know, it can you know, when the festival goes off it, you're just like, what, what now? What now? There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere, no one here. So it's kind of just being aware about what comes after that. So it's like, have a plan, have someone to talk to, do watch the virtual festival on zoom so that when that ends, you can talk to your mates. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just, we, the only thing we can do is, stay positive yep that's it and stay stay together uh, on a spiritual level essentially right the festival spirit yeah. is still there and it's cool that you mentioned plur because i feel like you just said coming from the uk maybe that was that's something that's not um blatantly you know part of the festival culture but let's talk yeah. about how were you introduced there's no cool handshakes yeah there's no candy What's your story with Plur and how did you, your first Plur moment and et cetera? I know exactly when and where I was. And I think I probably still follow the guy on Instagram. I can't remember his name. If you're watching this, say hey. I was at EDC Vegas. Um, it was my first time at EDC. One of my friends was living out in the US and he got in a fight with his girlfriend. Oh. And she was just like, I'm going to my parents. And he, she didn't know that he had EDC tickets. And she, she flew back to LA. She was like, get on a plane. I'm like, no. I, I just come off an island festival um, where I was in the UK called Isle of Wight. He was like, get on a plane. And I did it. Literally went to the airport, took all my stuff, flew out to Vegas. Wow. Had the most amazing time. Um, EDC Vegas, if you haven't been... It is the only festival in the world that has taken my breath away. 
Right, that's a big statement. Okay. I've been to minimum 150 different festivals, some multiple times, at least. And when you walk to the top of the stairs and you overlook the whole of the speedway, there's, there's never, ever been a feeling that I felt like that, where you can feel the bass in your heart. Then, you know, you're like, oh, great, I've walked all the way up here, sick, couple of pictures, couple of Snapchats, now i got to walk all the way down. Um, and someone, like, came up to me and just went like that. I was just like... And he was just like, no, no. I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't know what you're saying. I thought he was trying to speak sign language or something. I'm just like, yeah, peace, juices, I don't know. So we did the whole thing and I got candy. And I was just like, that's cool. He was just like, you don't have to give me any back. It's fine. He was just like, but yeah. And he, he kind of like briefly explained to me. I was like, oh, let me get you a drink. We had a drink. But I actually partied with him for a couple of hours. But after I'd lost my mates after doing like some secret handshake. Um, and just had like, that was like the start of like really feeling part of like the community, even in the US. Mm-hmm. Because that year I then went to EDC Orlando. And I go home at night, <laughs> literally making candy whilst watching TV. Because I was just like, I want to do it. I want to be part of it. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm not very good at it, but like I kind of put like British flags on and like different stuff so you know, people might remember me. Uh, but yeah, it was just such an amazing experience and like taking care of each other and the whole peace, love, unity and respect as an idea in dance music, you know, whilst everyone is also shouting, fuck Donald Trump. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) so it's a a little bit different. So that was, that was 2016 Vegas. Um, And then, yeah, straight off the back of EDC Orlando, I was there for the, for the, uh, for the vote, which (laughs) we won't even get into that. That was just weird. There's people crying in the streets. Um, but yeah, it was just, yeah, just such unity that, yeah. that we don't have in the same way in the UK. It, it gave me chills when you mentioned, uh, I mean, shout out to EDC, shout, shout out to Insomniac, shout out to Pasquale, that place. And 2016 was actually my first EDC. And I, I no didn't remember the same thing, like that overlook and you're like, whoa, and everything's going up. And then... I, yeah, I got chills with that, goosebumps, and then someone did to do that. That's that's awesome. That's literally like yeah, imprinted yeah. in your in, in your in your mind, body, and soul, like moving forward. Yeah, and I met people there that I still about twenty sixteen that I still speak to that I've met up with at Coachella that I met up with at EDC that have flown over to the UK that I've been for drinks with in LA. Like I've made lifelong friends. One guy, like, I lost, I missed my ride home. I just got in a stranger's car. <laughs> Bear in mind, I'm in a foreign country. Um, and all the stuff they show on TV, in my head, that's how it is. I got in a stranger's car to drive me to the strip. And, like, we, like I was literally messaging him on Instagram today. Wow. Like, that's the experience and friendship. And, and it is literally the, the peace, love, and unity, respect. Like, mm-hmm. it's so real. Like you can you can feel it, yep. um, and yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. 
We um That's what we need in the UK. Exactly. That and and some like guidelines for where to put your tent. <laughs> Just that's all that's all we want. That's that's what we'll take. And you can take yeah, being so able cool. to drink heavy and wear our drink prices. Yeah, you mentioned, you know, what blew you away, EDC, obviously <laughs> from a production standpoint, you're like, wow. And then you even, you know, but at the same time you tip your hat off, you tip your hat off to Coachella because of that structure, because the way that they run the whole entire uh two weekends um yeah for the following a laser back to your tent mm-hmm. like right you're on green room find the green light like, walk to the green light okay you're on green light 54 and you're there and then it's just like right okay i'm green 54 south and you've written it down on your hand and then you, then you just go and look for your car yep not trying to find one tent that looks the same as every other tent in a field oh. of twenty thousand tents it's literally what it's like in the uk and they try and ban totems as well to make it even harder. In the UK, was they're quite. If you really think about it, they're quite dangerous. Yeah, yeah they are. They, they are. That's why. Have like, you ever been hit by a totem? <laughs> like the like the huge, huge ones. But then you know everybody uses the same meme in the same year. You know, it's like you know Donald Trump in lipstick or SpongeBob saying doing something it's always the same so i'm just like yeah i'm by the spongebob one it's just like i see seven um but this leads nicely into your product because that's exactly why we need it because i'm terrible for losing people i'm lucky that i get wi-fi at festivals mm-hmm. and i add my friends to it and it still doesn't work and i still can't find them and i have wi-fi like the the same one that all the tills run off Mm-hmm. I'm like, boop, boop, put it in my phone. If any UK festivals are listening, please don't change your passwords because they use the same routers. So I've got it once and I keep finding the same routers and my phone's just jumping on. Um, yeah. Like, that's, that's worth saying. Oh. Using your friends. And totems are dangerous. That's, I mean, literally what happened to us. Even, and then the funny part is there were times when we did have service and we still can't find it. We're like, he's not answering the phone. <laughs> so that's what with Festy, uh, our whole thing was okay. Let's just make it so that literally this was our our our, our plan. We want to go to the festival with a friend who literally just gets obliterated, who just you know wiles out. Put one on him. Let let the damn dude free, and then just be able to find him everywhere he's at. And that was our whole thing yeah. because we're like, we have full service. He's not even answering his phone. He's not even texting back. So with this, we have that live location sharing where you can, on the app, see where they're at. Oh, he's making yeah. it right now, which is really funny. Because, without signal, right? Without cell phone signal, without Wi-Fi, without data. You know what I mean? So good. Yeah. Just like walkie-talkies, um, got our little US patent over here, which is beautiful. You know what I mean, people? Thank you, hard work, dedication. Ooh, um, like it. But, but that was the thing, because we, we were like, just, we love festivals, you know? But it's like, everything changes. I mean, of course, you try to just stay positive. I hope they're having a good time. But, for example, if I'm there with my girlfriend and she's gone for five hours and nobody having a good time, <laughs> it's like, no. it's tough. So No, because you, you worry as well. And, I, you know, just from a health and safety standpoint, you know, festivals should be actively encouraging this um, because, of you know, some terrible, terrible things happen yeah. at festivals. Um, unfortunately 
and like losing somebody for hours on end you know anything could have happened to them mm-hmm. and having that peace of mind where it's just like okay fair enough they're back at the bar um like you know i don't know if you can integrate if you work with the festival to integrate the festival map mm-hmm. with it um yeah. but yeah like that would be sick exactly because you know it's just like right they're at this stage they're doing this they're doing that and it's just like okay they're just queuing for the toilets and they've been there for 25 minutes like and from a health and safety point of view as you know if i was the festival i'd be like i absolutely want people to have this yeah um and actively encourage it and push it through my website and push it through my channels because it's you know it's super important yeah thank you thank you it's exactly like the the truth of the matter is and and kind of why we're excited for this this podcast in general like i quickly once we kicked this podcast off we quickly realized oh wow this is kind of larger than what we thought we thought at first hey of course we want to shed positivity and talk uh, talk about things and share our stories but at the same time we also want to address where we can each do better like as a community you just said it uk you know we need to take some of this plur right and start implementing it we need to take some of these just even a little more structure um but then on the other side like we we know things happen at festivals right and yeah just hoping for the best that's not cutting it you know what i mean or not for the future that we envision not for getting back to events and being able to bring your, I had a, I flew my friend out to EDC uh, for day three. Cause you know, day three, the day three is zombie day. Whatever's left in the tank, you're emptying it out. Right. So I fly I'm there. <laughs> Everybody with freshly cut wristbands sewn back together. I was sewing people's wristbands and scissors. I was just like, they were like, does anyone know how to sew? And I'm like, yeah, I can barely see, but I managed to. Yeah. <laughs> We've all been there. Exactly. So, all right, dude taps out, right? And we bring, we're like, all right, we're flying in another friend. It's going to be his first experience. We fly him in this whole ordeal, but we finally get him in. It's 8.30 PM. We get to the festival. I'm like, great. You know, Slander's about to come on. He's next to me. Then he says, oh, I think I see my friend over there. I'll be right back. Next thing I know, I'm like, are you, I'm like, are you sure you want to do this? He's like, just stay right here. I know exactly where we're at. I'll be back in five minutes. It's 8.30 p.m. The next time I see him, 6.30 a.m. And I'm like, this is without Festy. And I'm like, there, well, there you go. You know, and yeah. I, I'm hoping he has, I hope he has a good time. I hope this, but the end of the yeah. day, just knowing that, that I could link up with him and, and, and bring, you know, having that peace of mind goes so yeah. far, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm quite lucky. I'm six foot five. <laughs> so I can see over the- You are a totem. Yeah, like I can see over the crowd, um, but you know, some sometimes like you know, I I took my little cousin to his first festival. I was like, make sure you look after him. I'm okay, cool, right? Stay here. I'm going to the bar. Do not move. It was like middle of the day. We weren't particularly wasted. Come back. He's gone. Oh. But he's gone with my friends. But then I couldn't find my friends, so I'm by myself, <laughs> just like worrying, running around, and I'm like, what am I doing? Um, yeah, mate. yeah, let me know when they're available. Send me one, send me one. I'll go and tell them. <laughs> yes. all, my, all my boys are having them. I'm putting them on my staff, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. because you know, just like you know, people get like obviously, I take my I quite 
quite good. So all the office staff, even if we don't have anything going on, if, if they're not working at the show, I, I'll bring them along. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be like, right, here's tickets for you and your friends. Come along, go wild. Mm-hmm. But then they've gone too long and I'm just like, oh my God, are they okay? Am I responsible for them? And I'm not responsible for them, um, but I do worry. So yeah, having, having like that piece, it's just peace of mind. Exactly. That, you know, is invaluable. It goes a long way. And then, and then the whole thing about like, because sometimes I want to go lone wolf just for like an hour, you know? Just an hour though. You know what I mean? Just an hour. Yeah, I do that. Yeah, like I just want to take off for an hour, guys. You guys can find me, you know? But then that always happens with one friend, but that's not one hour. It ends up being four hours. Then they're upset yeah. and I'm like, you're upset. We can't even find you. So it's, it's yeah. you know. If it's a conscious decision, like sometimes I'm like, right, I need an hour. I'm going back to my tent, or I'll like text the text somebody and be like, hey, can I hide out in your dressing room? Can I like just get away? Because um, you know, forty festivals. Sometimes I'm at three festivals on a single weekend. It's a lot. Wow. So I'm just like, I need a minute. Yeah, I turn it off. I would. Yeah. I completely admit it. Yeah. But it's a conscious decision. Mm-hmm. I'm not lost. I'm taking time out. Yep. But, you know, as soon as I come out, I'm just like, right, I need to my friends, turn it back on, find them. Exactly. You know, it's about the, it's about the group. It's about taking that minute. Um, and yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah. It's so, great. Like you've come up with a fantastic idea. Like I've been, I've been, as soon as I saw it, I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's why I, I, mean, I saw, I was like, Oh, someone looked at our stuff and I was like, I got to reach out to you because that's our whole thing, you know. I think we were chatting on Facebook like a, over a year ago. Yes. Like, yes. I think I messaged on Facebook being like, oh, hey, yeah, let me know if you're bringing this to the UK. Yeah. Um, you're like, yeah, we'll let you know. And then, yeah, and, and now we're here. Exactly. So, yeah. So we're, we're so, getting there, you know, just, just how you said, like, you started your festival real journey in 2014, and here we are, 2020, and the, the progression, you know, everything you've learned, the knowledge, right? A lot of it first-hand experience and getting in scenarios where you're like, okay, I don't want to be in this scenario again. So same thing for us, you know, with the product and learning and we've learned so much. It's been, you know, close to four years now and we're getting, we're like right there because, you know, we have the prototype is one thing to push it to the market, to get it ready, to scale it, to be like, oh wait, you can use this not just as an attendee, but as the company providing the security, as the person that wants to watch his staff as so many ways. So, um, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's all, it has to start with the passion. It has to start with that real need of that authentic life. We're festival goers and we want to make this for festival goers by festival goers. And then you see where it goes from there, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, and I guess like if you've got the app, I mean, integrating it with the festival as well. Um, tell you what would be cool though. From my point of view, if I was just like, if I had a quiet bar and one of my products wasn't doing well, if I could push out a notification yep. to be like, hey, yeah, get go to this bar and have this drink for half off to get the bar busy and people drinking my product. I do that. Exactly. You get that one, you get that one for free, I'll charge you for the rest of my days. <laughs> and very expensive. Yes, yes. That's the whole thing. And that, that's why I was like, man, this is just the start. Like you're gonna be able to send offline messages to attendees. So like you said, if you have that two for one deal for anyone that comes in the next hour whatever it is like it opens opens up a whole new realm so we're definitely gonna have to after this call after this podcast we're gonna be in contact um speaking of contact you know 
appreciate you sharing your story. Um, this is what it's all about, right? Like, yeah. it, it's, if you weren't passionate about festivals, you wouldn't be going to 30 plus a year, like straight up, doesn't matter yeah. if you're working or not. You know? You've got to be, you know, and, and it does, you know, it is intense and it does get hard. And, you know, there are times that I'll go to a festival and I'm like, why well, I, I sh you know, I'm quite good with like discipline. So I'm like, right, I'm going to go to this festival. I'm not going to drink at this event. But I'm still going to have a great time. Um, you know, I've got to take take those moments. But, you know, I the most important thing is I always, always have fun unless I really don't like the music. But then I usually send somebody else. There you go. It happens. Yep. It happens. Same here. Yeah. We, we, you know, started off just going to festivals. Then now the other side where we're pushing out, you know, some media, we're pushing out product. Um, we have to be level-headed. And it's, it's, now it's larger than us, right? It's for the next generation, yeah. the next wave. But then we get the enjoyment of being able to be part of, of propelling that, uh, that movement. So yeah. how, do we, how do we stay in touch with you? How do we reach out, you know, if we're moved by this, inspired, we just want to connect. Obviously, when you come to LA, you're going to have to hit me up. But what's the Instagram handles, yeah. et cetera? Yes. So um, if, you just, if you just type in the Festival King into Instagram with spaces, I come up. But it's not my handle. My name's Liam Dixon. So if you type in at the Liam Dixon, D-I-X-O-N, it comes up. Um, but yeah, just, or you can go to thefestivalking.com, hit me up through there, and you know, there's links to, to all of my socials and whatnot. But please do ask me about festivals anywhere, or if you're looking at getting into them. You know, one of the questions that I always get is, how do you do it, or how can I, I you know, go to that many festivals? Um, I usually push them towards, um, you know, the ticket reseller networks. I think there's one called like Pollen that's massive in the US, mm -hmm. um, you know, where you can earn for tickets for free and like working for companies like that um, is a great way to get free tickets, go with your friends and experience it. Um, it's not an easy life. It's not all fun, but it is a lot of fun. It is a lot. Work hard, play harder. I'll always be my motto. There it is. There it is. The Festival King, Liam Dixon. Thank you so much. Again, my name is Desmond Beristain. Bestie Files podcast. Find them at uh, the, Liam, the Liam Dixon. The Liam or just Dixon. type in the Festival King. Or the Festival King. You yeah. know, and most importantly, everybody, peace, love, unity, and respect. We're signing out. Bestie Files. Bye.